0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host Emma Bolzner. We are ending our Who Done It month theme with the spectacular film *Knives Out*, starring Christopher Plummer, Ana de Armas, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Don Johnson. And with me virtually is my good friend Christina. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> so this modern Who Done It with a twist follows the wealthy mystery. Writer Harlan Thrombey, played by Christopher Plummer, and his freeloading, dysfunctional family. When he dies suddenly in mysterious circumstances, the famous detective Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, is brought on the case, and everyone is a potential suspect, including Harlem's close friend and nurse Marta, played by Anna de Armas. So, Christina, what do we think of Ryan Johnson's
1: *Knives Out*? I love this movie. It's so good. I, I like, grew up reading a lot of mystery novels. Like, I read a little bit of Nancy Drew as a kid, but I mostly read, like, Check Gecko and Stevie Diamond and, like, other children's mystery series. Um, and I was always a big fan of, of mysteries. And I just think that Knives Out is the perfect mystery. Like, it is the perfect mystery the first time you watch it, and it is a really good movie, because even when you already know what happens it's still really enjoyable to watch.
0: So this is, like, hands down probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, Yeah, like, gave it away, the whole podcast. But (laughs) seriously, like, I think what's so amazing about this movie is how rewatchable it is, which is so silly to think because every time I watch it, I know technically who does it, but it's still so rewatchable because there's so many things that happen in the movie you don't pick up on in like a first, maybe not even a second watch. I think this was probably the fifth time I saw it. I watched it earlier today. And it's just, it doesn't disappoint. This was the last movie I saw before COVID and I went to see it twice, I think. You know how sometimes you watch a movie, this is kind of me with Little Women that came out like, when did that come out? Like two years ago now, 2019? Um, I really, really liked it when it came out. And then I rewatched it and I didn't like it as much. But this movie, I just like, it doesn't disappoint.
1: Yeah. And I, it's funny that you used to talk about Little Women because um, I, yeah, I remember really liking it when I watched it and I have not rewatched it since. Like it just totally, I watched it and I enjoyed it and then it left my brain completely and I did not think about it. For two years. Yeah, sometimes I'm, like, obsessed with a
0: movie, and I'm like, this is my all-time favorite movie. And then, like, two weeks later, I don't even remember it exists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, like, if I can start, what I like, and I think this why it makes this movie so rewatchable and so great is like we've said throughout this month, there aren't many whodunit movies. I mean, we were watching 70s schlocky movies because there aren't any. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the fact that it, it's such a unique story, and that Ryan Johnson had the guts to write a whodunit. I mean, nobody really does that anymore. And like you said, with those books you read, like Nancy Drew, we always kind of go to mysteries thinking like, oh, it's some sleuth. It's some like, Young, annoying sleuth. And I think what's so great about this movie is that the characters just fly off the page. And yes, there are like a lot of characters, just like in Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, but they're all developed and interesting and Mm. they just fly right off the page because we kind of all know people like that in our lives, whether or not they're in our family. But that's what's (laughs) so great about this movie because we all
1: know people like this. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, like, the thing about the characters is you you see just enough of all of them to get exactly who they are, but also you, like, spend more time with the characters that are more interesting. Like, you spend more time with, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and, um, oh, my God, the, the other, the guy who, like, the son who runs... Um, Harlan Thromby's publishing company. Like Walter. you see a little bit more Walter. Thank yeah. you. You see a little bit more of them because they are like more interesting than the than Joni or like exactly um, who's Walter's son and Walter's wife who are just sort of there for most of the movie. But that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then and then what's also really strong about this movie. And I guess Ryan Johnson is just, like, the most talented dialogue writer out there, is the quick-witted dialogue. Like, we just need one sentence, and we know who these people are. I mean, as a full group, they're selfish, horrible freeloaders who just use (laughs) their father and their grandfather for his money. And they don't give a crap, but they're always preaching, and they're always saying, like, this will be good for you, or you're part of the family when you're not part of the family. Yeah, um, what, what we were talking about. I feel like I've like, But like there's just like these quick little dialogue things. We know Ransom's character by one sentence. We know Walter is living in his dad's shadow just because Don Johnson's character Richard um snarks and badmouths his brother-in-law. We just know by then, okay, so he so Ransom's the black sheep, Walter's always living in his father's shadow. Um like and Jamie Lee Curtis, she's like the arrogant kind of core of the family very much so she thinks that she'll just be like her father when the father passes and she'll get everything then yeah. you got you know tony collette's character interrupt me at any time by the way um jody Joni, who <laughs> jody. i just think is like gwyneth paltrow with her goop yeah <laughs> oh my god you're so right every time Hate. i see her i'm just like oh that's gwyneth paltrow in real life
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, who's basically using her father-in-law, um, for money and stealing money from him, pretending it's for his granddaughter's tuition when it's really, she uses the money. Mm -hmm. Um, and all these people, like, I mean, and then you talked about, um, Walter... And then his wife, you know, she just holds a martini glass. She doesn't say anything, really. Yeah, But, you but know, like, she has a character. You know her, right? And then yeah. this their son masturbating to deer pictures. Like, we just need that, and we know how messed up these are. And, and we know exactly what
1: he's like.
0: So the movie <laughs> opens. I feel like this is a very autumn film, would you say? It's just a good autumn movie. Oh,
1: yeah. It feels like I, it doesn't necessarily feel like... Halloween-y but it feels like a really good November movie like right after Halloween like you're still sort of in the spooky vibes it's like cold but it's fall
0: yeah before Christmas kind of thing yeah I totally agree the sweaters we're gonna get to the sweater but the sweater sweater (laughs) this movie has so many memes I was just curiously looking up them again And I don't know any movie that has this many memes, seriously. Like, this (laughs) movie is so many. And I don't also know any movie where a cast member is initiating the memes as well, which we'll get to as well. I think that was so funny. Oh, I love that for him. Um, But yeah, very, very Autumn. I loved, like, the creepy haunted house. This movie was filmed... In Boston, outside of Boston. Now I really want to go to Massachusetts since seeing this movie. You are close to Massachusetts, you could go there. But um, this is true. It is cool. It's cool looking there. If I wanted to go to America, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) If for some ungodly reason I ever wanted to cross the border. (laughs) I love how it opens like after the dogs run by and the house. Um, with a mug that says "My house, my rules, my coffee," and that the movie ends with that, I think that is really strong. I don't think we get enough of those Such full circle, end. yeah, full circle moments in movies anymore. Again, it comes back to the writing. Um, and yeah, do you want to take it from there?
1: <laughs> Say stuff. Yeah. No, I just like the yeah the book ending is so so well done, and yeah, that mug is so good. I also think that the setup of the movie is really good because, like, I went into this movie knowing basically nothing about it aside from the fact that it was a murder mystery. And so the because it opens with, like, this big fancy mansion... I was like, oh, it's probably like a period piece, like a typical Agatha Christie adaptation. Like this is probably set like a long time ago. And that's why we're in this big mansion. And then you find out, oh, wait, no, this is set in present day. Harlan just lives in a house that looks like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is funny because it is modern day, but through his mystery, because he's a fictional mystery writer, he kind of has this old timey, you know, haunted house feel. And oh, that's yeah, really interesting. Definitely. Um, the fact that he is a mystery writer, there's so many ironies and parallels, I don't even know where to start. First of all, this was Christopher Plummer's last movie. What
1: a film to go out on. Like I'm I'm it's too bad he died, but what a great film to end yeah. with. <laughs> he wasn't in it a ton, but when he was in it, he was great. <laughs> he was
0: awesome. And I thought he had really great chemistry, him and Anna de Armas. Um, it just was oh, yeah. very natural and organic, and you don't ever see that often, like, an old person and a younger-ish person, you know, in a scenes mm-hmm. together, and that was really well done.
1: Yeah. No, and I also think that, like, it's funny, because I feel like every time I talk about this movie or, like, watch clips from this movie, I notice something else. Um, yeah. And I feel like you could do like a whole deep dive onto like each one of these characters' relationships with Harlan because the like their relationships with him are all set up so well. But I think it's really interesting at um uh, at the sort of this is jumping ahead a little, but at the inciting incident of the movie um, where all of uh, like everything Harlan owns gets left to Marta and the family isn't given anything, um, all of the family immediately starts accusing her of, like, seducing him or sleeping with him. And they're like, oh, my God, like, were you sleeping with Grandpa? And it's like... They are all so disconnected from their own grandfather that they cannot possibly imagine him having a friend who isn't taking advantage of him somehow. Exactly, and that's so sad. Yeah,
0: Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "Are you boinking my father?" It just seems like something Jamie Lee Curtis would say, boinking. And it's like, <laughs> wow, can you never just be friends with your dad without having a motive? Like they are, yeah. Like they are wired that way, and it is, it is all of uh, Harlan, Harlan's fault, I mean, he created most of these people, and let them take advantage of him, and let them live in his shadow, and it would have been interesting to see a bit more of the relationship, too, of how he was, because it didn't seem like, it seemed like, when we got to the movie, he was at a good place, and he was at acceptance, you know, he was yeah. very, Um, retrospective, thinking about how much Ransom was like him, but I think if we go about five years before that movie he probably was an arrogant asshole like Ransom and like the rest of them and treated them badly and not to say that's an excuse for how awful his family is, but you know, Mm. these people, they came, like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Um, they're dysfunctional Mm -hmm. for a reason, and also it would have been interesting to, you know know more about um, Tony Collette's, so like Joni's husband. So, like, there were three sa- there were three kids. Um, Christopher Plummer. We never really find out about the wife or anything in that relationship, but Harlan basically had Walter. So Walter is part of his publishing company and works with the dad, but he doesn't get to write his own stories, so there's a bit of, you know, grudge there. And then you have mm. Jamie Lee Curtis who pretends like she built her realtor company up from the ground even though she was given like a million dollars by her dad Mm -hmm. to start it and then there's um this mystery son we never know i don't think we even know his name because he just died somehow
1: oh yeah i always forget there's so many family members that we have to keep track of that are alive in this movie i always forget about the ones that aren't
0: (laughs) yeah it's just interesting and i can't remember what we were talking about but um i think it's it's well thought out that we come into a part of his life where he is accepting his family and at this point where he thinks okay i've created this mess this is partly my fault and now i'm gonna do something Mm -hmm. about it and i'm not gonna let them sit on their asses all their life when i'm gone Mm -hmm. and i think that's such an interesting place to start It was also really interesting, and probably why I love this movie so much, is that it doesn't start, like every whodunit, at the potential murdered night. You know, like, it doesn't start at um, Harlem's birthday. And I think that's key to this movie, that we come in a couple days, you know, the day of the funeral, he has Mm -hmm. committed suicide, and I think the fact that we don't come in on that
1: murder night and just see flashbacks is really interesting yeah no I really I really like the way that they set up the story with the flashbacks and I really like that they open with the interrogations um because it really really sets you up to believe like I and I mean the the detectives talk about this too but with like every family member that gets interviewed or interrogated rather you realize that like all of them have a reason to want to kill Harlan like, any one of them could have theoretically had a motive to do it, and so the fact that it opens with the the interrogations is so cool and such a good way to, like, show off the characters before diving into what actually happened.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting, too, because we see, you know... um Richard. And, and, well, first off, I just want to say how funny it is because we spend, I guess, the most time with Jamie Lee Curtis's character when she's being questioned. And we don't get to Daniel Craig for a really long time. He's just looming around in the background, Mr. KFC. And I want to ask you, what do you think is with him, like, playing a piano key once some of the characters say things? Not all of them, because he doesn't do it for Jamie Lee Curtis, but he does it with, um... Tony Collette's character and with Richard I believe.
1: Yeah, I don't know cuz at first I was like maybe he's doing that every time he he thinks that they're lying or notices that they're lying and I oh, feel yeah. like that that's part of it but I think that he's also trying to like throw them off their rhythm a little bit, you know? Like <laughs> like sort of distract them because we first like we were first introduced to Daniel Craig when I think it's Joni is being interrogated and he plays the piano note and she's like I'm sorry who are you? Like, yeah. what is happening right now? Yeah, like,
0: who the <laughs> fuck are you? Yeah, exactly. I think that's so interesting that he is the core of the movie in a in mm-hmm. a way, but he takes so long to show up. Same as Chris Evans' character. I mean, in the short moments we see Ransom at the beginning of the movie, it's through flashbacks, and we never see his face. It's always, like, his hips down. And I think that's really interesting as well. He never gets questioned. He never gets interrogated, which is, like, we can talk about later, the interesting part of that. Um, and how we just see this circle of the family members and not mm-hmm. him. Um, but my favorite interrogation is probably when he is trying to get Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I should probably know her name, so I stopped saying <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Linda when he's um, interrogating Linda and trying to get her to talk shit about her younger brother, Walter, and how he just works for the dad and doesn't do anything, and how she's like, if you're trying to get me to badmouth my brother, you know, like, you have another thing coming, and then they kind of do, like, a segue to him doing the same thing with her husband, Richard, and how quickly he falls for the best and is like, well, yeah, la, 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 like, this person is like this, and this person's like this in the family, and it's like, oh, God, you can just tell, like... How different they yeah, are. <laughs> no, I,
1: I always remember that scene. It's so funny and it's so telling.
0: Yeah. And then we have Tony Collette um, jo- Joni and she basically is saying how like she owes Harlan so much for letting her stay in the family and have a place after her husband died. And then we find out that she's been stealing money from him, a hundred thousand a year And then we find out that Richard has been having an affair and we see those two fights like flashbacks with Harlem. We see Richard and him talking, um, which is really interesting in how Harlem is like, I'm going to go, you know, tell Linda that you're having an affair and... You know, there's like those threatening words, like "How dare you?" Or I don't even yeah. know what they are. They're just like, <laughs> "You be, you like, you better be cautious." I don't know how you threaten yeah. someone. <laughs> and then we hear like the fl- see the flashback of Joni having a fight or confrontation with Harlem and him cutting her off with the money. And then we keep hearing about this big fight on the birthday with Ransom and Harlem, but we don't see that fight until the end. Which, you know, now when you think about it, it is a huge clue. Yeah. But at the time when you're watching it for the first time, you don't yeah, notice Yeah, it just this. feels like
1: they're building suspense and you're like, ooh, like, what happens in the fight? Like, when do we get to meet Ransom?
0: So what character should we talk about first? Do you want to talk about
1: Marta? I don't think we've been giving her enough airtime. Oh, yeah. I love Marta. I mean, she is, like, very obviously the only truly good character in this movie. Um... And she's great. I love her so much.
0: (laughs) I like how each of the family members say that she's part of the family, but none of them really care or know where she's from originally. Like, Ransom says she's a Brazilian nurse, and Richard says she's from Mexico, and none of them ever bother to speak to her and treat her like an equal. I guess maybe Meg, but you know, she has her own selfish motives as well. That's Joni's daughter, because look at her mother. But the only person that actually cares and gets to Mm -hmm. know her was Harlan.
1: Yeah. And it's also funny because, um, like, with how they treat Marta, because there's that line uh, during the – I think it's during the will reading where at least three different family members go up to her and say, I think you should have been at the funeral, but I was outvoted. And it's like, well, at least one of you is lying (laughs) because if you all thought she should have been at the funeral, then she would have been there. She would have been invited.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And they keep saying, you know, you're part of the family, we'll take care of you. Really? You're going to take care of her? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see that happening when she probably has PTSD from her experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you going to pay for her therapy? Um, her extensive therapy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, why did they have to hire a nurse in the first place? If they really wanted to be in their dad's will, they could have actually got to know him and take care of mm-hmm. him. But they hire this nurse, so they don't have to do any work, and then they have a problem with her having a relationship with him. Like you said, that wasn't... It was platonic, it was kind, it was respectful, yet, like, that's crazy to think that anything like that could be possible.
1: Yep. like, whoa, a friendship that isn't all about manipulating and using the person in a better, like, social standing than you? Can't imagine. <laughs> Couldn't be yeah. me, every member of the family. <laughs>
0: I just I really liked Anna Darma's in this movie. This is definitely her break role. I mean she her career has taken off since this movie. Um excited to see her more stuff. But she is just really, you know, she has this innocent facade and she is, you know, I guess compared to the she's like the angel compared to the rest of them. But she's also so brave, and she has balls. I mean, the stuff that she does when she's in a, on adrenaline is crazy. And she's so funny because, for those of you that may not know, she is basically a truth and detector lie test because <laughs> she cannot lie or she'll vomit. Now, I don't know how Ryan Johnson came up with some so like
1: this. So fucking gross. But it's the only part of the movie that I do not and love. And I want to ask
0: you about that... <laughs> Because I know you have a problem with seeing that. You get queasy. So how did you manage?
1: So the first time I watched this movie was with Hannah, as in the one I'm dating. And she had already seen the movie, so she just covered my eyes. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry oh, about okay. it. And then it's funny because my roommate, Caitlin, is, like, even worse about, like, watching, like, people throwing up or, like, people throwing up in media like she's even more squeamish than I am so then when I showed her the movie for her first time I told her when to close her eyes (laughs) because that final scene is gross it's gross for people that it's so gross (laughs) and like like I think it's like an interesting device and it like makes Marta an even more you know like pure like honest character it's just gross man (laughs) yeah and it gives like
0: been on blank when he comes into the scenes finally um, a person to work with because he knows he can't trust any of these people they're all lying they all have underlying motives they're all rich jerks so he uses her to kind of help with the case it's also key to the fact that very early on in the movie we find out who did it and i remember when i watched this in the movie theater i kind of thought well, where do we go from here? If we know in the first, like, 35 minutes of the movie who did it, what will the rest of this movie be?
1: Yeah, and then it is, like, we I, I, I feel like I've talked about this with you before, but my, like, journey watching this movie, um, and obviously, yeah, huge spoilers. Um, we said that off the top. But I remember in the beginning I was, like, oh, cool, murder mystery. Who done it? Like, which of the family members killed Harlan? And then you find out about what actually happened and you meet with with Marta and, the, and Harlan and you meet Ransom and I was fully taken in by Ransom. I totally thought that he was a good guy. I totally bought it. Um, probably just because it was Chris Evans, but totally bought it. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> I was fooled by his charm as well, Christina. Exactly. Like I totally bought it and so when Ransom like helps Marta like get out of all the family members yelling at her at the will reading I was like oh I get it like this movie is gonna like subvert the genre and it's actually gonna be all about like good guys Marta and Ransom like outsmarting uh the detective outsmarting Daniel Craig and that's gonna be like the big fun twist of this movie. And I was fully convinced that that was going to be the rest of the movie. It was just going to be about like how Martin Ransom are going to outsmart the detective. Um, And then I was wrong. And it was a very fun surprise and one that I did not see coming at all. So (laughs) I did not see it coming at all.
0: Even when I rewatch it, I still fall for his charm. Um, I don't know if I'm like more turned on by his outfits or him and the outfits. I love his clothes in this movie.
1: Like, every character in this movie is dressed perfectly for their character. Like, the costume in this movie, superb.
0: It's superb. I'm so still, like, upset that I didn't get nominated for Best Costume. But anyway, I can't believe that freaking Murder on the Orange Express does. (laughs) Back in 1970, whatever, and this one doesn't. (laughs) But yeah, I totally fell for his charm. He seemed like, okay, the guy that was a total asshole, then changes because, you know... Oh, the will reading. I can't wait to talk to that. It's my favorite <laughs> scene. And how he, like, they are such hypocrites, and we see how hypocritical they are, and he kind of uses the line against them, being like, this is so great for you, you know? Like, I'm so mm-hmm. happy you guys can have start. And, like, they said that to him at the beginning of that scene. It just yep. off the dial like, so good. And I thought, okay, they're going to team up when there was the whole baked bean scenes in the bar... Um, I thought for a second maybe there would be a bit of a romance there, but then I was like, you know what, that's good. I don't, we don't need to see like any love interest in this movie. I'm really glad they didn't do that because it just st- strays away from the whole film. But for a split second, I thought maybe they would like each other, like 0. 0.5 seconds. Yeah, um, yeah. Glad like, that that so didn't split. happen. But me too. Could have happened. So glad. Certainly could have been a thing it that happened. happened. I just felt so bad for Ransom when they're doing the whole car chase after the whole blackmail thing. Um, And, you know, they have their plan and he's going to help her. And I just felt so bad when he gets arrested. And I remember feeling that the first time watching it, being like, wow, this is all her fault. Now she's got him arrested because the Nana thinks she saw him that night when it was really her. And I remember being really angry at Marta. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah like you said I thought it was gonna be this whole like the movie would end with Daniel Craig you know somehow getting her off the hook for what she accidentally did which we haven't said yet which I feel like a bit <laughs> confusing but we will talk about it I thought it would be like this great happy ending they would split the money uh he would get his rightful inheritance everyone else wouldn't get anything and she would get the house and I thought it was gonna be like this really cool like buddy film
1: yeah. 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 No, I totally. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> <laughs> we fell for it. We, we fell for, for it. Ryan Johnson's it's great Well written movie.
0: <laughs> it is so well written. Um, but do you want to talk about like the night of the murder? I guess when Marta and
1: Harlan are upstairs playing go together, which is so cute. So cute. But yeah, that's when we find out that Marta, well, it's funny because it's even hard to talk about it without like talking about the big twist at the end, but what we are told about the night of the murder and what Marta believes is that she accidentally gave, she has to give Harlan like two medications um, and like a yeah. s- way smaller amount of one medication than the other, and she thinks that she accidentally got them mixed up um, and gave him the wrong dose of the of the morphine, um, and that he will like die in ten minutes because she doesn't have the the little kit uh, to like stop him from I essentially overdosing. Like I guess it is like an anti overdose yeah. shot that she would give him. That ransom is taken out of her bag. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so poor Marta thinks that he is about to die, um, and then Harlan knows that he is about to die. He's like, even if you called an ambulance right now, like there is no way that it would get here in time. Um, so he, ever the mystery writer, sets up this whole like elaborate scheme where it'll look like he just committed suicide, and Marta will have been seen leaving the house, and nobody will suspect her, and nobody will suspect a thing, and... Yeah, it's wild. Poor Marta. Oh my gosh, the acting, her acting in this
0: is really, really good. I mean, I feel sad and I've just met her and I've just met Harlan. And the fact that he doesn't break down, like freaking out at her. Yeah, no, he straight up is ready to to do what he has to do
1: to save her. He's like, nope, it's my time to go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, he trips her from calling the ambulance. But it's believable. I mean, like, it's not like he's like... And, and I guess we have to say that the reason he's doing all this isn't just for her. It's for her whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, the mother came illegally into America. She doesn't have a green card like Marcia does on her sister. And I guess Marcia can find it in him about this because Harlem can find it a lot about the family issues to her. And I guess this is what he thinks, okay, I can't help my own family anymore. I'm going to help this family. And if she um, is accused of killing him, she will lose her nursing, um, mm-hmm. or, I don't know what you call it, like... License? Certif- yeah. Uh, license, thank you. Her nursing license. And she will lose her family. Her, fa- her mother will get deported. She will probably go to jail because he knows his family has have, have the greatest lawyers. They have all this money. She will not have a life. And he doesn't want that to happen. Um, so he's so courageous. He develops this whole plan with her. Which is so cool that that we get to see him walk her through it in a narrative form. Even after he's dead, technically. And it's just really interesting how he, we kind of see him telling her what to do in these short moments that he's still alive. And we see her do it while they're talking. It's just, it's really, it's hard to explain, but it's really well done. Like, when he's like, remember to turn, you know, before the big elephant statue at the back of the house, you know, so the security cameras don't catch you. And remember when you leave the house after you, you know, after we... and our conversation that you tell someone you're leaving so they know you're leaving and you point out what time it is mm-hmm. you know, without making it look obvious. And things like that was it was really cool and then, gosh, I'd be so scared if I was pretending to be Harlan when she like comes back into the house and sneaks in and uh dresses up as him going down the stairs to make yeah. it shown that he's still alive after she's left. It is freaky. I would be so scared. My adrenaline goes up when I see mm-hmm. that scene. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's it's really well done, and how you know she's so frightened, but then by the end of the movie, she you know manages to do a lot of the stuff to you know get Benyon Blank off her track on her own. She doesn't need Christopher Plummer's help, but that scene when he kills himself, oh, oh that is heartbreaking.
1: Me. Yeah. I I had my it's eyes closed, um, obviously, but it's heartbreaking. I'm seeing like, oh man. Yeah, poor Marta. Seeing your friend cut
0: their throat, <laughs> I, I <laughs> cannot imagine. Yucks. But, yeah, she her acting in that. And we just see, like, a couple seconds of her just, like, shocked yeah. uh, when she goes back into the room. And it's just so powerful. Ah, it's such a good movie. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think that's really cool that we don't... See it actually happening in real time, and we just see the flashback from when Benoit Blanc is questioning her. Because yes. I think it would have been such a different movie if we saw this all in real time, and then we see Benoit Blanc come into the movie like after forty-five minutes, and mm-hmm. it just would have been like every other mystery movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it was like, um, it the, the order of events was showcased in the movie like, perfectly. Yeah. I
0: also really like the cops in this movie. I like They're the funny. cop, like the assistant ca- cop that's so into mystery novels and into Harlan's mystery <laughs> just novels just a that big he's fan. like enthusiastic. Just a big fan. <laughs> so funny. And the other cop, when he's like says stuff like, this guy lives in a clue board. And <laughs> just think like it's so, the dialogue is so good.
1: Yeah. Also,
0: you know, the subtle dialogue they have throughout this movie. And, and they're, mm, how these people act like they are above everyone else. When Marta is in the room, they talk about, you know, immigrants, and how embarrassing that must have, and how humiliating that was when they, like, brought her into the conversation. And Ryan Johnson does it in such a subtle way that we don't really know who they're talking about and who in power it is that they're talking about. Basically, you know, Richard supports donald trump tony collette's character does not he writes things like take off your red cap you know or um if the one that's the most racist honestly is walter's wife with the martini like yeah she's the most racist in that scene uh tony collette's character is just a gas that they put people in cages and then richard just like brings Martin into the conversation and is like, well, here's an example of an immigrant that did it right. You know, the ones that were in cages, well, that's their problem. They didn't do it the right way. It's the parents to blame. And Joni is basically saying, you know, everyone should have a right to freedom and be treated equally. And he says, well, America is for Americans. And you don't see movies ever talking about this, especially in such a time when... America is so politically divided. Yeah. And we see it through the eyes of an immigrant and these people talking about her don't even know where she's from. Like mm-hmm. as much as Joni acts like she supports these immigrants, what is she doing? What is yeah, she doing what is for she doing Marta? To help
1: Marta? Absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I just think it's it's just an irony within ironies. Yeah. And it's I've never seen a
1: movie do that before. I I will say, speaking of the family being terrible and subtly and or not so subtly racist, I I really like the scene where um, after Marta has inherited all this money from Harlan and there's all the news vans outside being like, oh my God, like you got all this money. um, And she is hiding from them. uh, Walter shows up to sort of threaten her about you know how with all these news vans around you wouldn't want people to find out that your mom is like an illegal immigrant but hey if you give us the money then the news vans will go away and we'll be able to pay for like really good lawyers so you don't have to worry about your mom being kicked out of america and she's like oh so you're saying that you could use this money to get really good lawyers for my mom and walter's like yes that's exactly what i'm saying and she's like okay cool so i could use this money to get really good lawyers for my mom bye
0: (laughs) Yeah, because of the money your father gave me Mm -hmm. with my resources that are now mine. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, she has guts. She looks like she's meek and innocent. But, you know, she does things that are really courageous. Like, she demagnetized the video, the old VHS tape of the security cameras. So, Benoit Blanc can't see her coming back to... to the house, the Thromby house, which it would have been actually good to keep that because the results of evidence of ransom doing the same thing. But oh well, yeah, yeah, I mean she funny. comes up with all the, and they, like I love her innocent scene when she's like running through the track of the mud with the dogs, and he's like, "Don't do that," you know. Like there's footprints because she notices she's that like, her footprints hmm? are all over. I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry what what did, did you say? say? What <laughs> as she walks through? I mean, she's really good. I, I can't imagine someone else doing that. They'd be too um you know it'd be too obvious that they're lying but she does a really good job because obviously she can't lie so she tries to just do things to like get herself to not be questioned in the first place and I think that's really interesting
1: it's it's really really interesting and yeah she's also this was like her first big movie the actress who played Marta right because she's a really good actress I know I'm excited to see her in
0: more stuff she'll be well, she was apparently in the James Bond movie with Daniel Craig, which is interesting because they were in this one. Oh, cool. And I don't know if she's the Bond girl, though, because I don't see that working, at least because I see them as the Martin and detective relationship. Um, and then she's also going to be in, or she has been in, but it hasn't come out yet, the Dark Waters movie, which she made with Ben Affleck, which is based off a Patricia Highsmith novel. And... She is playing Marilyn Monroe in a movie, which is really I really want to see that. I wanna know so how cool. she will pull that off.
1: Oh, that's really really good. Yeah, cool. she's a
0: great actress. Um anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just looking about I really want to talk about the will reading. I mean, okay, well, what was your favorite scene in this movie? Or oh, scenes. Man.
1: Um the I really, really like the will reading. It is up there. Um, but I also I really just love not even it's not even like a full scene, but like the final shot at the end of the movie of Marta up on the balcony looking down at the family with the with the yeah. mug, with the My House, My Rules the mug. mug and all of them looking up at her. The, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah it it
0: just so satisfying i haven't watched a movie for such a long time where i just feel completely satisfied everything i want answered is answered there's no loose ends yeah like with a lot of stuff i've watched recently <laughs> Schmigadoon. but <laughs> <laughs> nothing there there's so much at stake and everything and and i think also like without scenes like just the dialogue is so good like when chris evans calls Daniel Craig KFC, CSI (laughs) KFC, things like that you just remember. And it's not even a scene on his own. I still wonder why he never had to be questioned. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. So that's just so cool how when each of them are being questioned, there's like a whole circle of knives in the background. It's so cool. It's such good framing. Such good framing. Um. So with the will scene, basically, um, they all come for the will reading because they want the money and Linda thinks the money is going to her and and Richard and Ransom because she thinks she was like the father's favorite child and they'll get the house and they'll get the money. But man, Ransom steals this scene. It's the first scene where we finally see Chris Evans. Um, he's coming in. And they're basically saying, wow, you don't show up to the funeral, but you show up to the will reading. And it's like, they all hate him. They all call him an asshole. He's rude to the um, the worker. Um, what's her name? Oh, Fran. Um, Fran, yes. Fran. Yeah. So when I, like, ugh, I'm going back again. But when I first watched this movie, I thought at the beginning when Fran walks in with the mug and freaks out, I thought that was Marta. I don't think that anymore because I've rewatched it a couple times. But sometimes I would get, I would forget about Fran that she exists. Yeah. Not at the end, of course, when she yeah. finally has more of a role. Oh, but poor but at the beginning, I, it was kind of like, oh, she's here talking about a Hallmark movie, then she's gone again. <laughs> she has a also, stash like, of R.I.P. <laughs> Fran.
1: I always forget that the movie ends with her dying. Like, holy shit!
0: I know, poor gal. I always forget that too. I always think she lives. I don't know why. But I do. I think because we think she lives... Oh, there's so much to talk about. So much to <laughs> unravel here. But, yeah, I just love that Will reading scene. That's my favorite. And, yeah, so he's coming in. And he's so rude. I hate it when people eat when other people aren't eating. And he does it so well. He's eating these, like, bot store cookies. <laughs> Everyone's upset that he doesn't come to the funeral. And they finally figure out that, oh, he's here for drama. Um, he did not... Uh, Harlan took him out of the will that night. That's why there was this big fight, but we still don't see the flashback fight like we see with the other scenes. And we find out that he was out of the will, and Joni basically says, this is so good for you. You know, you can stand on your own two feet. This is good. Mm-hmm. And his mom, this the Linda... the best thing for you. Yeah, this is the best thing for you. Also... Can we just step back? Are you telling me that Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis's character created him? like I
1: do not I d I don't I don't see that. He feels like he feels not that I think Chris Evans is old. I just like I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and and Richard, like they do not look old enough to have a child the age of Chris Evans.
0: I know. I think so too. That's the only or like well he doesn't look because i think chris evans is like 40 and he definitely does not look like he's 40 here
1: no definitely not
0: so it is interesting how maybe he looks younger without the beard i don't know maybe anyways i just love the eat shit scene that's my well, that so part good. my the parents
1: will. quote that scene <laughs> all the time that's like easily my parents <gasps> favorite scene he tells
0: everyone to eat shit because they're all a bunch of freeloaders like him, whether they, or not they want to admit it. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the will scene. They all come in. The lawyer's there. I also feel so bad for the lawyer's assistant, who's like falls asleep later on
1: in the because <laughs> she has to stay there really late. Well, they're all just arguing with the lawyer. Oh my God! Yeah, I know that poor, poor lawyer. When they cut back after he's been with the family, and he's like, I do not know how many times I've to say the same thing. You are not yeah. in the will. Like nothing can and be changed. And they just Google
0: stuff. <laughs> so Benoit Blanc comes uh, in the background with Marta. Marta's not invited, of course, because why should she? She's just the help. And you know, the lawyer is surprised by how short the will is because Christopher Plummer Harlem just changed it the week before he died, so this is all new. And he's basically reading out what everyone gets. And it starts off with Marta getting his publishing company, Marta getting the $60 million, Marta getting the house, and then Marta getting everything he owns inside the house. And the look, I will not ever forget this, the look on... (laughs) Linda's face Jamie Lee Curtis's character <laughs> pure like she is going to kill Marta it's mm-hmm. so
1: good she's so angry like so just about to go feral <laughs> yeah and
0: Ransom is laughing in the background because this is what he came to see because he found this out the night of Harlem's birthday the night Harlem died so he was coming here for this drama and everyone is like again like you said before pointing it towards well she must have stopped for him or done him a favor in order for him to give up everything to her and she is basically getting bombarded by these awful people Mm -hmm. and they're just like coming in on her in the camera angle like we see that zoom in we feel like we are being like trampled by these people and she runs out and the car doesn't start i think her car doesn't start and then chris evans who is already in his fancy car, pulls up and tells her to come in, which was really cool. That whole scene was really well done. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you said, I fell for his charm as well. But, like, it just was a really good escape scene. And I like when Linda says to her husband, she's like, why didn't you stop? He said, what am I supposed to do? Grab the bumper with my teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because, that's like, it. she's <laughs> such a control freak and it's so funny. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my favorite scene. Or scenes. I guess it's two, but yeah. It's very good. It's really, really good. And oh, how the tables turn when he says, like, this is the best thing for you guys, standing <laughs> on your own two feet. Oh, I just love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you really want to talk about before the end
1: of the movie? I feel like everything I want to talk about is the end of the movie. Um, I will just say I really like how Because I think that part of why I thought that the movie was going to be, like, Marta and Ransom as the, like, buddy, like, good guy duo trying to outsmart Benoit Blanc is because for, like, a lot of the middle half of the movie, he plays the idiot. Like, he seems kind of stupid because he keeps, like, Marta is always one step ahead of him, like, getting rid of clues that he needs, and he has this whole, like, donut hole analogy, and also, like, he talks with, like, such a stereotypical drawl that you think, like, oh, yeah. this guy, like, I get it. Like, he's supposed to be a really good detective, but it's going to turn out he's actually stupid and, like, doesn't know anything. And then, of course, you loop at the end and realize that he, like, knew what was going on the whole time and already, like, pieced everything together.
0: Yeah, the first time he saw her, he knew. I think it's interesting that... I feel like I keep using the word interesting. I think it's...
1: I can't think of another word.
0: <laughs> Unique that. Very cool. Um, very cool that the moment <laughs> Ransom's character finally gets into the movie, they treat Benoit Blank like an idiot. And yeah. I think that's interesting. The moment he calls him like KFC Chicken or whatever, he is then like seen singing in his car with his earbuds and doing kind of dumb things and yeah. being kind of clueless. And I think. Yeah. I totally. don't know why, but I feel like we should be talking about the bar scene because it is a really pivotal scene because this is the first time Marta has admitted to anybody about what really happened that night. And, you know, he yes. tricks her into telling him, you know, by like telling her to eat food. And then he, and when he asks for the bowl from the waiter, I was like, what is going on here? But he basically asks yes. her to bring a bowl to the waiter and then. She kind of looks at the bull, and he's like, well, you've just eaten the baked beans, so tell me what really happened that night, because I know from a party on the 4th of July or whatever that you cannot lie, you vomit, which that would have been such a gross party if she just vomited. (laughs) But um, she finds out that she has to tell him everything, which, you know, crazy. I can't believe she did this. I can't believe she told him everything. And we obviously don't see that because that would have been really boring. But cut to, you know, the family are freaking out that they don't get any of the money. They want her to have the money. They're trying to find any possible way. They even come up with something called the Slayer Rule because Joni just Googles it quickly. And they think that, well, if they can t- frame Marta and say that she murdered Harlem, which at the time of this movie we think this is true, mm-hmm. uh, they will get their inheritance back. It will, like automatically you know be withdrawn from marta and Mm -hmm. then we get back to the bar scene and you know they're we're seeing chris evans reaction to her telling this whole story of what happened and him focusing on how she's better at him than go which comes in handy later as well because the dialogue is so good (laughs) and his plan is basically okay i'll help you you know i'll make sure the police don't consider you as a suspect because you've done a pretty good job so far except for bringing some mud into the, to the window um, and I'm gonna keep helping you keep you out of jail and I'm gonna f- fuck my family and I'm gonna get half of the in- er, the inheritance that was rightfully mine after helping you and you'll get everything and yeah like we said before I fell for it I thought wow this is such a good plan there's actually someone that will redeem themselves in this movie no. Somebody's actually going to help poor Marta. Nope. nope. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> but I think the setup was was really good. Um, I think having them do this, have this conversation outside of the Thromby house, because we barely see anything outside the Thromby house. So she is more vulnerable. And yeah. I, it's interesting that she, he's the first person that she finally admits the truth to. And... And I did, I was worried about him when he was arrested. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, she gets the blackmail note. She asks him for the help. And, uh, yeah. Wow. A lot to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's also really funny, um, in that final scene because, yeah, like, like you said, like, I think the movie ends at a perfect spot. I think that, uh, if it had gone on any longer, like the ending wouldn't have been as effective. But it's funny because one of, like the last thing the family sees is Marta standing up in the house. But the second to last thing they see is Ransom being taken away by the cops. And you see his parents sort of looking over like, uh, hey, what's going on over there? <laughs> I know. And we I never find so... out like how much of the story the parents find out. Like we never know. That's true. Like, what they end up finding out in the end.
0: I think they're so self-absorbed, Christina, with themselves. I don't think they even, like, I mean... don't even care. Linda is obsessed that she finds out from her dad that, in a secret note, which is also really cool, that Richard was having an affair, because Richard's too stupid to think that, well, maybe the blank note is, like, you know, when you have to put...
1: Yeah, no, it's like... It's, I think, yeah, it's like some type of special paper where, like, you can only read it if you hold a lighter up to it.
0: Yeah, so she's doing that while he's getting arrested, and I think Don Johnson is trying to give the cop money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they're all obsessed with Marta at the end. But, yeah, the whole, I have to say, the first time watching this, obviously I didn't see the twist coming, i was really confused I, I will admit i was a bit confused by like the switching of the files and the switching back and then the labels i was so confused <laughs> and then the whole friend you know thing it was it was crazy at the the, like, the first time watching it it definitely deserves a rewatch. Um, because there's just a lot of information because this whole time, everything you think you know is challenged because this whole time you think Marta is guilty, even though, you know, she didn't mean to kill Harlan. And then all of that changes. And when she does tell, you know, Daniel Craig what happened and she does finally admit after the whole blackmail adventure with Ransom, I have this weird feeling that he's just gonna like, pretend the toxicology report says she didn't overdose him with um morphine i thought he was just gonna lie yeah and then it turns out he doesn't even have to no so do you want to talk about the whole twist ending with fran and everything that spider was really gross why are there spiders in that place
1: scary (laughs) hate do you want to talk about it yeah, well it's just it's funny how the one of like there's so many clues in this movie that once you know the answer you're like, "Oh, that makes sense." Like nothing grinds my gears more than a movie where like you couldn't possibly figure out the mystery on your own because you would have no way of knowing like certain clues. Like, this movie does a really good right. job of planting every clue that you need in it already. At the right spot, yeah. At the right spot. Like, the fact that we we find out very briefly when Ransom shows up that, like, only the help calls him Hugh. Everybody else calls him Ransom. And so then when Fran is, is looking at uh, Marta she's dying and actually saying, Hugh did it, not you did it. Like, we, the audience, would not think to pick up on that necessarily but the clue is there it is right there yeah Yeah. because
0: marta is being blackmailed and ransom gives her advice to actually meet the blackmailer and you know confront that person and get the toxicology report and burn it so that no one will know that she um accidentally overdosed harlem Mm -hmm. now when she goes to confront you know fran she sees that she has been overdosed herself, and you know I don't know what she's given, but doesn't look very good. It Doesn't end up very good Something for her. Something bad. <laughs> also, Fran's really stupid. Sorry, but like when oh, we do pro- find the actual oh, blackmail scene, she's so stupid. She's so, but like, why? This is why like would, a muscular man coming up to you, <laughs> and you're look like, a big "Don't Chris you Evans dare is. touch me!" It's like, what like, do you or think? what? <laughs> She's like, you have it coming, and I'm like, whoa, that's gonna really prevent him from like putting a needle in your, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. in your vein. Ugh. It's like, what the heck? But at this moment, uh, Marta really redeems herself because we obviously feel sympathy for her. Because of what she's been through, but we also know that she's the killer, so she is not completely innocent. But the moment we see her, you know, she she has a step back. She watches Fran dying for a split second because she thinks, "Oh my gosh, Fran knew it was me." She has the toxicology report. She keeps saying, "You did this." Only we know later that she keeps saying, "You, not you." And for a split second, Marta is going to walk away. And then she watches her, you know, having a seizure and dying. And as a nurse, she just, she can't. Even though she knows that it will make her go to jail, she can't watch someone die. And that's when, you know, she really redeems herself as a character because she actually gives her CPR and calls an ambulance. I don't really know what's happening with Daniel Craig in the car. He's just singing a song. He doesn't even <laughs> notice the police cars. I mean, first of all, I was surprised he would even let her make a stop on the way home. Um, that was another stupid thing for him to do. But, <laughs> Anyways, it was just, that was a really well done scene, although very creepy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we get like, again, the ending totally threw me off because when she's going to confess to the members of the Thromby family that she killed him, uh, Thromby, uh, Thromby Benoit Blanc stops her, and he finds out that the toxicology report is okay. She didn't overdose him. He would have lived. And this part just makes me crazy because I feel so mm-hmm. sad.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the part that, that makes me the most heartbroken is... When, when Daniel Craig says to Marta, if you had called the ambulance, Harlan would still be alive. Like, if he had listened yeah. to you, he would yeah. still be alive. And that, like, no matter how many times I watch the movie, that just breaks my heart. And even if you didn't call the ambulance, like,
0: he would have been okay. She gave him fine. the correct dose. Like, mm-hmm. she's a good nurse. She knew the difference between morphine and whatever drug it was by their weight. And they're coloring, and she knew that she was a good nurse. And um, it's just really heartbreaking because she lost her friend, and he died because of her. Yeah, just sad. But yeah, you talk about the final verdict
1: of this movie. Well, and what I think... And honestly, I don't even know if I fully picked up on this the first time I watched the movie. I think I, like, finally maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I do not remember, I think I finally, like, all clicked in my brain the second time I watched the movie, um, and I've seen it, like, at least four times now, (laughs) um, but, yeah, so at the end, you find out that it was Ransom all along, it was trying to kill Harlan, oh, no, Chris Evans, (laughs) um, yeah, and you find out that he had, like, he had switched the labels on the vials, hoping to trick Marta into accidentally, like, giving Harlan the wrong medication or the wrong amount of the wrong medication. He was the one who'd taken the the life saving drug to make sure that, like, you know, his plan wouldn't go wouldn't go awry theoretically. Um, and when he hears Marta's story, he realizes that she. She never did give him the wrong drug, and the toxicology report won't prove that she is guilty. It'll actually prove her innocence. Um, And that's why he, like, hatches this whole scheme to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to help you, um, and and tries to get rid of Fran with the blackmail. And the wildest part about the whole movie and the thing that is, like, it is... The thing that is sad, because obviously I wish that Fran did not have to die. I wish that Fran had been able to live... Um, but the the saddest part about the whole movie is that rans like the Benoit Blanc has no way to prove that Ransom did anything to Harlan or attempted to kill him at all. but he's able to prove that Ransom murdered Fran because Marta like holds in her puke. And pretends like Marta's or like (laughs) Fran is going to be fine, and he is able to prove, I guess, that like Ransom technically tries to kill Marta when he grabs like one of the one of the fake knives off the wall, thinking it's a real one, and tries to stab her. Um, So, which I don't get, like I don't get that
0: part. Also, I should just we should just quickly say that Fran saw him later on switch back the vials, so that's how she knew to blackmail him. Because I don't think we said this, but also like the fact that when the hospital calls to say Fran is dead, and Marta's like, "That's really good news," because she's pretending to like Those make it sound that Those doctors are probably Fran like, "What the alive. fuck? <laughs> Your friends <laughs> died." Fuck? She's on the other end. She's like, "That's really good news. Thanks for telling me." And like <laughs> she, she wants up ransom to admit. And she hangs up. And I think that's, like, the weirdest part of the movie. And she's trying to, like, hold in her vomit because she can't lie. And I just, I feel so sad because this is why I always forget Fran dies because I always think she lives because of that phone call. But if she had said, like like you were saying, if she had said that Fran died, Ransom would have just been like, oh, well, you know... You can't prove, um, oh wait, yeah, if she had just died. But because she said she was still alive and that she could talk and she was going to tell him how he was really black, how she was really blackmailing him and he confronted her at that sketchy laundromat and he, you know, tried to OD her, he knew that, you know, he couldn't get away. So that's why she said, now I'm feeling like I'm saying everything wrong. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I know what I you mean. Know. Like
1: he he confesses to trying to to kill Fran because because she because she is alive. Ransom makes some comment about like oh like you can't prove to me or um, oh like what are you gonna like take Fran's word over mine like you know how yeah that's it yeah because right, he can't he's like oh you can't that's prove it, cause he can't yeah. get arrested
0: yeah because he could be arrested for potential murder but his lawyers are so mm-hmm. good there's no proof that he tried to kill harlem because he wasn't the one doing it so he's just like well it's your word against mine but because she dies because there's actual
1: proof that he did kill her sorry that was my bad <laughs>
0: it's yeah.
1: confusing there we go <laughs> this movie this movie is so much <laughs> and everything like, happens that whole so vomit much. scene is just the way it just
0: she shoots it perfectly at him <laughs> it's so satisfying but then Ugh. he <laughs> yeah sorry, sorry you're seven fuck you but the fact that like he actually is in full rage that he takes one of the prop knives but he thinks it's a real knife from the the background of harlem's um living room and then he actually like Full on stabs, Marta. Like, what did he was he gonna go and like murder two people
1: now? Yeah, he fully was just gonna be like, well, uh, if they're gonna get me for this, guess I'll kill Marta. Yeah,
0: and that scene like it's about a, literally like two minutes of him just on top of her, realizing that she is not dead, and he like pulls out the knife and puts it in again and <laughs> again. Great writing because. In the few scenes that Christopher Plummer's in, he says, like, how stupid his family is. They wouldn't know a prop knife from a real knife. And how this ties in at the end. Ah, so good. (laughs) So good. It's really good. (laughs) And also so unexpected. Like, like, because we do, we think it's Marta the entire time that did it. So we don't really, it would have been nice to kind of think, like, ooh, I wonder which character did it. But we never really have that moment. Mm-hmm. um like in other who done it movies but that's okay
1: yeah exactly like it's i think it's better honestly because it makes it a more compelling mystery it's not your stereotypical like oh which family member killed the grandpa like it yeah, yeah it it builds suspense in a way more interesting way i think than a movie like oh i don't know murder on the orient express mayhaps <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: perhaps death on the nile <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um one last question what will happen to great nana that is a
1: great question she did i nothing hope wrong. i hope that she yeah because i don't know i don't know what her deal was because she doesn't like live in the house with harlan i don't think or maybe she did i have no idea i don't know
0: maybe anna de will accept her in the house she seems to be good with old people
1: oh yeah they could be buds
0: um, well, before the last judgment, I do have a quick bunch of fun facts. Um, okay, so the movie made three hundred and eleven million dollars at the box office, and its budget was forty million. So that's a it was Whoa, a big hit. Nice. If you don't know this movie, you must have not. Been living I don't know. Everyone was talking about NIASA in <laughs> like, 2019. In, like, 2019, early 2020, <laughs> just before COVID hit, because everyone was talking about this movie. It is probably the most successful who'd done it of all time. I have no idea how Ryan Johnson, he was the doctor, but he also wrote it. I have no idea how he came up with it. Um it took him a while to write the whole story. He first came up with the concept around 2010. So this was, like, a well-oiled story. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He said he was influenced by classic mystery thrillers, including Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the
1: Nile. (laughs) And Clue. (laughs) Oh, hey. I mean, Clue is a great movie.
0: It is. It was good. (laughs) When um, the actor... Jacob oh no Jaden Martell who played Jacob the guy that was like the creepy nazi kid um he apparently improvised you had sex with my grandpa you dirty anchor baby that was improvised by him Yee. and Ryan Johnson dude like who is this bro. guy like why would you come up with that he is 3 <laughs> years younger than us Christina bro <laughs> So, like, why do you, why are you born in 2003? That's just weird to look at. Um, apparently, Michael Shannon, who was Walter, was the funniest person on set. Uh, I don't know why, but he also came up with the eat shit scene.
1: Love that. Absolutely yeah, love that.
0: Ryan Johnson apparently wanted Ransom to say, fuck off. But they just thought that each shit scene was much better. It's funny. Yeah, it would like swearing isn't funny. Sorry, but it's just an easy way of comedy. Hmm. Um. Apparently, the mother of Harlem, uh, her name is Kay Callen. She is six years younger than Christopher Plummer. Oh wow! <laughs> they just put
1: her in so much makeup.
0: <laughs> she looked so old. <laughs> Ryan Johnson was going to cut out the donut speech, but Craig convinced him to keep it in.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, it's a good scene.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so the feel that Ryan Johnson wanted was a Gothic feel, especially for the mansion. So we found an old Gothic revival mansion built in the 1890s in Easton, Massachusetts. And the bar scene was at a place called berlin in berlin massachusetts i didn't even know that's a thing no a place <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> sorry i'm just looking <laughs> oh yeah it was really hard to do to have the dogs jump on chris evans because chris evans loves dogs and the dogs love him <laughs>
1: oh, so they had good. to
0: put like a bunch of sausages in his pocket so that they would jump on him
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> so, that's cute. so cute cute
0: Also, I did say earlier that there was, like, a big meme, and for those of you that may not know, there was this big meme of the sweater that Chris Evans wore, um, just everyone loved the cozy knit sweater. There was this huge thought about it, so Chris Evans dressed his dog, Dodger, in the sweater to, like, make fans happy, which is pretty cool.
1: That's, that's very good. (laughs)
0: I will put the photo of Dodger on my Facebook for those that are yes, interested. Yes, please. Um, and the last couple of facts... It says dog's so cute. The last couple facts I have is um, the nomination. So it was nominated for three Golden Globes. Um, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, because that seems to fit. <laughs> These categories are so stupid. I can't even... Best Musical or Comedy. Like, I wouldn't consider this a comedy... And I definitely would have considered a musical. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nominated. Um, it lost, obviously, to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which, again, I wouldn't say is a musical or a comedy. <laughs> they really got to rethink these categories. Yep. Um, Anna de Armas was also nominated for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. I think she should have won. Um but it actually went to Aquafina. Oh. She was also was, up was against Cape Lenchette. Yeah, I was looking was that at when what Aquafina won that year. So, Beanie Feldstein was also up against Anna de Armas for Booksmart, Emma Thompson, yeah, for Late Night, and Cape Lenchette for Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and Aquafina for The Farewell.
1: Never heard of it. Oh wow, I've never heard of that movie.
0: I think like. Anna de Armas should have won. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> I have not seen Late Night yet. I know that's with Mindy Kaling. And I haven't seen Where'd You Go, Bernadette or The Farewell. But I-, I thought her performance, especially because it was one of her first movies, she was excellent in it. And she was able to hold the whole movie herself. So, I mean, there might be lots of other opportunities for get a- to- for her to get a Golden Globe, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Daniel Craig was also nominated for Best Actor at the Golden Globes, but lost to Taron Egerton for Rocketman.
1: Yeah. Ugh, damn. Well, okay, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, he was up
0: against Roman Griffin Davis, who was a child, um, for Jojo Rabbit, Leo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Eddie Murphy for Dolmite is my name. Hmm. Interesting. Did you ever see Rocketman?
1: No, I still haven't, and I know I need to watch it, because Hannah really likes it, but one day...
0: <laughs> yeah, I I am definitely more of, like, a Queen fan than a, than a Elton John. I do like some Elton John movies, but I just kind of found it to be a bit of a look-at-me movie. <laughs> I'm going to compete valid. with Queen and, like, know all about me <laughs> while I'm still alive. Here's, like, a movie about me, <laughs> and then no one talks about it anymore. But to be fair, nobody talks about Bohemian Rhapsody anymore, so... Maybe if they had given it to Knives Out, you know, (laughs) but okay. Um, Mm -hmm. It only was nominated for one Oscar, Best Original Screenplay by Ryan Johnson, um, but it lost to Parasite. And it was also up against Marriage Story in 1917, and again, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Damn, I mean, it was a stacked year for movies. It was. And, like, big directors, too yeah
0: tarantino um yeah it's it was a it was an interesting year but yeah i really wish there was some like casting what ifs facts if anyone out there may know like who was if there was someone originally play supposed to play these characters i'm really glad they casted who they did i'm just
1: amazed that he got such a stacked cast yeah no it's a really really well done cast And they don't,
0: like, step on each other's feet. You know what I mean? Like, they don't take over scenes. They're all, like, equally really important to the movie.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, should we move on to the last judgment? (laughs) I think it is time. We didn't say anything like that about this movie, so
0: I think people will know. (laughs) (laughs) So, did Knives Out move you or
1: not? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you couldn't tell already, like, it absolutely did. And it still does. No matter how many times I've rewatched it, it still moves me every time.
0: Yeah. Same for me. It totally moved me. I love this movie. I love the dialogue. I love the story. I love the complex characters. I love the actors in it. Um... Yeah I just I mean what have I not said already the dialogue is probably my favorite part (laughs) of this movie and then the whole twist ending I think it's really cool that Ryan Johnson makes us feel as the audience that we're in on the murder and we know what's happening and we're rooting for Marta to get away with it which is crazy because she's such a likable character and she's a good person but we're basically rooting for her to get away with this murder and yeah. get the money, which is so bad, right? But we feel like we <laughs> but, want her we to love win. it we love her too much. We love her, right? So
1: <laughs> and we hate hyster- the family.
0: <laughs> we hate. And just the way he wrote the family, it's just so well done. And I love that she doesn't cave, even at the end when she asks Benoit Blanc for advice and she says, like, what do you think I should do? They deserve some of the money, right? They deserve their cut. And he kind of, like, looks at her questionably and is like, you just, you do what you want to do, like, follow your heart, but kind of, like, suddenly saying, what are you talking about? (laughs) They don't deserve anything. (laughs) And we, that's basically the last speaking scene. And then we see her, you know, up on the balcony and her looking down on them for once instead of them always looking down on her. And uh, it's just really powerful. We don't need that scene where she's saying, "I'm not going to give you my money." That would have just ruined the whole mm-hmm. movie. So I'm glad they didn't do that. But yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Knives Out 2. I don't know if it'll be Me as too. good as Knives Out. I just wanted to see when that was coming out apparently. I think it's supposed to come out in 2022. Oh. Um that's that's soon. <laughs> Yeah, Knives Out too. Um, yeah, another stack cast. We got Janelle Monet, Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn, um, Kate Hudson, Ooh. Leslie Odom Jr., Ethan Hawk, Jada Pinkett Smith. So it's another stack cast. And of course, Daniel Craig is returning as Benoit Blank um but oh, yeah oh that's it's a good cast oh wow it's a good cast there's no word on what the story will be about um but they're basically wanting to do like a Hercule Poirot thing yeah but better yeah so but better <laughs> yeah so this will be very interesting
1: okay well thank you Christina for ending whodunit theme with me yeah thank you for having me I mean I you know I love this movie so I was very happy to be back
0: yeah, maybe next year we can do Knives Out 2. Yeah, I hope so. And I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have any film suggestions you would like us to do, you can email me at emmareviewsmovies at com. And don't forget to click the subscribe button.